Welcome to the Learning Reinvented podcast brought to you by myself, James Politilo, and the team at The Learning Effect. There are lots of learning podcasts out there, so we wanted to do something slightly different. This week, we're exploring the importance of marketing to drive engagement within learning. I'm delighted to welcome Emily Howell to the podcast. Thank you for joining us, Emily. Do you want to introduce yourself to the listeners and tell them a little bit about yourself? Hi, James. Firstly, thanks very much for having me on the podcast. Um, So I am the learning culture manager at a large energy company, and I've been working in learning and development for the past three years. Um, And one of the other roles I held was a learning curator within the same team. And before that, I had seven years experience in external marketing and communications for our um, education and schools program at the same company. And um, deep down, I'm a real people person. Person. I love connecting with people. Um, I've got a, a growth mindset. I enjoy developing myself and others. Um, and um, with my marketing and communication skills, the role that I hold at the moment uh, gets to combine all three. So it's absolutely ideal for, um, for what I want to do um, and achieve. It's interesting because one of the things we have seen in learning over the last few years is uh, a multitude of new roles and skills coming into traditional learning teams or newly established learning teams and your role falls into one of those areas. Do you want to expand a little bit more on your role and why you think it's so important to learning? Yeah, absolutely. So as I've just said, my role is learning culture manager. Um, But what that is, is I look at how we employ increase employee engagement across all of our learning offerings across the company. Um, So that could be from uh, learning management platform implementations, um, bite-sized content, our learning events and different programs that we offer for different audiences across the company. Um, My job is to ensure that we are reaching the right audiences um, at the right time with the right content in the way that suits them um, and really getting across the message that what's in it for them, why would they want to engage with this event with the um, with the platform with the content what's in it for them what's the hook for them and also looking at the different touch points for the different audiences within the business to do with learning and making sure that we're offering um, the right content to the right people and engaging them in the best way Um, and the importance of having a role like mine uh, within an organization is that you can build the best learning interventions possible the best programs design the best events but if you don't get it to the right people or engage them in wanting to take part in this programme, it won't deliver the impact that you're hoping for when you're designing these interventions. Um, So my role is really key within a learning and development team. I think people will have had loads and loads about engagement in learning. So, you know, it's one of those things people talk about now. So, you know, it's a hot topic. How engaged are people? How do you measure engagement? How do you make that happen? You know, even I've heard people talking about is engagement important because sometimes people are chasing engagement above all else. So what are the approaches you use and to drive engagement in your business and and what's worked and what hasn't? Yeah. Um, So when I first started in the learning culture manager role, I was uh, quite lucky that we were implementing a a new platform for our users. Um, And with doing that, we were able to try and test out different engagement techniques with the audience, because before I came into the team, there really wasn't any communication, marketing or engagement strategy. Um, What they were using were very basic email templates that were being thrown out by um, uh, legacy systems that kind of um, 
which is incredibly boring and didn't enthuse or engage anyone to want to take part in the learning. So um, we were able to, to utilise different techniques and some of the things um, that we learnt through doing that, um, especially with our email engagement campaigns, were to ensure really that you have one really clear and concise message with a, a call to action within your um, content marketing. So what is it that you want the user to do? Making this really easy for them, making it stand out, keeping it really short and concise and also really selling the benefits. What is in it for that person? Why should they take part in this learning, attend the event, attend the programme? Think about what's in it for them and convey that message in the best way. Um, something else that's worked really well is video content. So we've been engaging with leaders across the business to to talk about these learning interventions and introduce them in a way that makes it relevant, sets the context in their business unit and the employees that are seeing those video messages know that it's actually come from that leader. And, you know, sometimes with communications that are sent out, we know that the communication team might write these messages and just put um, someone's name uh, name to it. But when you have a video message and a piece of video content, you know that it's authentic and it's coming from that person and they care about this topic. Um, other things that we've tried that have worked really well to boost engagement is um, as one of our interventions, we actually sent out uh, a leaderboard for managers. So we noticed that the um, engagement levels were lower than we'd hoped. So we sent out a leaderboard across a function of all the managers and how engaged their teams were in this learning intervention. And um, we actually got a phone call straight away from the manager at the bottom of the list to say, hey, just noticed that I'm, uh, I'm at the, uh, the bottom. What can I do to, to help engage? my team in this learning. I don't want to be at the bottom of this leaderboard. So um, it was something that we tried and it was actually really impactful, which was really, really exciting. Um, surveying your people as well to find out, um, you know, has the learning met the mark, but also why they're not engaging with something that you've put out there. Um, so we tried this with um, uh, one of the platforms we we're implementing actually um, and just said, you know, oh, we've noticed that you've not activated your license and, and gone onto this platform to engage in any learning. Like what is what is the reason behind that? And not only did we get some really good data from the employees that hadn't purposely engaged and didn't want to engage at that time, but it encouraged a lot of people that, oh, oh, I've just forgotten. Oh, I did. Sorry, I, I've missed it. Can you can you help support me to get on this? Or they might have had an issue getting on that we could help them with. So we really saw our engagement levels um, increasing when we sent surveys. Um, attending webinars and team meetings to really bring the content and, and the why and the benefits to life of different programmes and projects that are being delivered. You can tailor it for the audience, you spend the time with them answering their questions. Um, something else that did work well was prize draws. So people love a freebie. Um, and just offering something small as an incentive to do something. It's not always the best way to do it, but it did work for a certain part of our audience um, to say, you know, if you take part in this, you'll be entered into a prize draw. And we got some um, some good engagement levels um, out of it that way. Um, something else that we're exploring is actually podcasts within the business. Um, so we've designed a, a podcast series called Desert Island Development. It's a spin on Desert Island Discs and we speak to senior leaders across the business about their career history to date, um, what development has been essential to them, but also 
where they would like their employees within the business unit to develop and progress and what's really important to them. We also do ask them what their favourite song is um, to uh, add that onto the end. So it's got the kind of resemblance with Desert Island Discs. And with this piece of work, um, I was really excited because it meant I could take um, the kind of uh, the look and the feel a bit of Desert Island Discs and make it look exciting and not a bit boring and corporate. Um, we had kind of an island theme for all of our marketing and communications, and it's had some really, really positive feedback from not only the leaders that have taken part, but the employees that have engaged and listened to the podcast. And one of the other benefits of doing this was we had um, a set of senior leaders that we were talking to within the business about producing these podcasts. But then we had other leaders coming up to us and saying, oh, actually, uh, do, do you think you could help me do a podcast for my area and engage my employees in a certain topic or a certain development area? Because I'd really like to do that. Um, and it also gave us a great platform to talk to senior leaders about development and um, learning in that area rather than just going in cold and saying, I need to have a conversation. We're saying, hey, you you tell us about you, you tell us about your career. Let's create a podcast about this um, and work together. And something else that we're just starting our, our journey on um, is around learning events that we offer across the business. So previously what we what we've done and I'm sure many of us do is you have a learning event, you send out one communication about this event and you expect all these people to sign up and be engaged and turn up to the session. But we know from our data anyway that that doesn't always happen. We've been seeing um, lower participation rates of people showing up to sessions. So we've designed a, a kind of a marketing strategy around our learning events. So you've got different touch points leading up to an event, giving you a bit of a taster as to like who's speaking at the event, what are the benefits, what you're going to learn, little reminders. And this is what you see in the external market. Whenever I go to an, a, an event, a webinar, a conference, you're getting all these touch points, these reminders um, enticing you to make sure that you're going to turn up to this. But then also post event, what happens next? How can we continue to engage people in this topic, reinforce the learning for them? Um, uh, yeah, and um, create a bit more of a, a journey around our events. So I'm sure you'll be uh, interested to hear what hasn't worked so well for us. Um, so we have a, um, a Yammer uh, channels within our, um, our organisation. And what we find is on Yammer, it's, um, it's great for the people that are already engaged. So the people that will probably already take part in the learning um, and don't probably need the prompting are already really engaged people within our Yammer community. So when we are posting the content, it doesn't generally get too much engagement and the people that are engaging with it are the people that we, we don't need to necessarily reach out to because they're already engaged, they're already in that group of people. Um, and as part of another area that um, uh, did not work so well for us was um, when we were um, implementing uh, the one of our learning platforms, we were really going and trying some, some really abstract things to get people to engage and understand, um, you know, why we were implementing it, how the experience was going to be better for them. Um, and one of the ideas that we had was to phone people that were really disengaged to find out why and try to encourage them to, um, to get on the platform, have a look around. And um, it took a lot of time and we hardly had anyone take up our, um, our offer of supporting them to engage. So, um, we learned quickly not to continue with phoning people um, and put that one to one side and took up some other activities. And the other 
area that I would say is don't be led by what you think. Always be looking at the data to help you inform your decisions, especially around, um, especially around marketing. Yeah, I think there's some really interesting points in there. So <clears throat> I love you sort of ending on that sort of cold calling your employees. Yeah, to, uh, yeah that's why they're good. not <laughs> why they're not engaging in yeah. the, in the platform. We're just thinking exactly. sales teams involved in that. But, yeah. um, um, but then you know you've maybe that didn't work, but you said surveys has given you some really interesting information as to why maybe why people aren't engaging. So. I think you know you're you're trying different techniques but your purpose behind that is to try and understand what you don't understand and how you can make that relevant because one of the key things I'd take away from what you said is it's all back in back to the what's in it for me. Yes. And and probably the starting point for that is is having relevant and good learning in the first place that is going to deliver because you know we all know if we're selling a product that isn't necessarily needed by people or going to add value then it's a pretty hard sell so Definitely. you know I'm, I'm sure we could have a whole conversation about how your the rest of your team engage and, and make sure the learning or events are relevant to those people but I'm going to take it as a given for this conversation <laughs> at that point yeah. all happens and you're selling some really great products or solutions yeah. or things that are going to help people um, but just picking up on some of the the other points specifically related to sort of marketing engagement, you know, you've talked a, a bit about authenticity both in video and also sort of the podcast series, and I think that's something that I've certainly seen a lot of experience of as well. Is people, you know, do buy into authentic messages. They yes. buy into people who are willing to take the time. Certainly, those senior leaders to to take the time out to talk to them. And, and that role modelling of, of behaviour is really important. And, and, you know, just putting the chief exec's name at the bottom of an email written by someone else doesn't do it. No. But in terms of that journey, how, how easy has it been to engage that senior team and, and, and get them on board with that approach? I think um, uh, within our organisation, we have been quite lucky. And as I um, as I said, with the Desert Island Development Series especially, that gave us a really good routine um, to talk to them because we were saying, hey, come and talk to us for half an hour, a bit about you, um, and then we're going to help market this to the business. So it almost gives them a little bit more reach into the business as well. Um, and we've got some uh, some great senior leader support within our area. Our director is very passionate about learning and development and is an, an amazing advocate for us and supports uh, and helps us with those conversations. Um, so, yeah, we've been um, we've been really lucky. Um, and I definitely think the the podcast routine um, to accessing the senior leaders was uh, a big win and I would recommend it. Absolutely. And, and in terms of making that approach into podcasting and stuff, how complex was that for you as a business? Was it something you could do quite easily? Yeah, so um, we were were quite lucky um, that the uh, the head of digital innovation um, uh, learning, the head of digital and innovative learning uh, was uh, Lloyd Dean, who I think has been on one of the podcasts previously, and he's got um, some experience in designing and delivering podcasts. Um, but also, you know, we kept it really, really simple. We had a, a series of questions um, and then we actually filmed it uh, or recorded it on Zoom. Um, 
and it was a real quick video edit um, or, or audio edit and we were able to get that up. We actually used um, YouTube so we can get lots of metrics and data about drop off rates and engagement levels. Um, and then we promoted that through different various um, communication channels, working with our individual um, business units and functions where those senior leaders um, were sat um, to create bespoke um, communication campaigns around those podcasts to kind of boost engagement. So we didn't go out company-wide with every podcast. We kept it really relevant to that audience. Um, and then we followed up with those leaders as well. So two weeks after we launched the podcast, we went back to them and said, hey, here's your engagement levels. How can we work together to increase these engagement levels? Are you happy with this? What else can we do together to boost that? And it's, it's getting the senior leader involved to engage their employees as well um, and taking some accountability for that. So we've had senior leaders that have been promoting it on their full team webinars, that have been emailing people, that have been um, talking to their management team and saying, hey, in, in your different areas, here's the engagement levels in this podcast. What, what are you going to do about it? So it's really getting their, their buy-in to how we're going to engage people from the offset as well. And we put that up front once we um, were talking to them about creating a podcast we said alongside this um, a learning culture manager which is me is going to work with you on an engagement campaign for the podcast so it reaches um, the most amount of people in your area um, people engage and listen to it and I think it's great you're you know there's almost a, a bit of a test and learn you know not everything's worked as you said but you know there's some creativity there's some yeah. innovation there in terms of what you're doing and you know again one of the messages I heard from you is you can't just do it once and expect it to be done which sometimes used to be comms what we've told them I'm going yeah. to tell them exactly in the same way in the same channel again and expect yeah. everyone to get it and I think that variety and having more of a campaign approach is really interesting yeah definitely it does work really really well one of the things you've touched upon as well is data so in terms of marketing, you know, marketing firms are all over data and data is becoming far more prevalent in learning as well. So how do you use data within your role to drive engagement and, and make sure that learning's been part of your business? Definitely. So um, data is actually one of my favourite things alongside people and marketing and learning. Um, and it's absolutely crucial to to our role because it is what shows you the impact. It really shows you what's working, what isn't working, and you're able to pivot and change what you're doing. So from um, an engagement point of view, you can look at um, click click rates, open rates, comments, likes, shares, having a look at all the different data points from your communication to see what is really working with people, what is resonating, and you can get some really great insights from that. So for instance, if you're sending out an email and it's got a 90% open rate, so everyone's like, whoa, this subject line has enticed me in, but then only five people have clicked on the link. You know, there's something wrong with the content within the email. They love the subject line. They've got to the place you wanted them to get to, but the email might not have resonated with them. They haven't clicked through the link. They haven't found it interesting. So you are able to then try something else and adapt the way that you're doing things based on what the data is telling you. Um, 
Something else that is really key for us is the actual platform data. Um, so when we're looking at our learning management system and other platforms that we use, um, it's looking at the communication campaigns that we are delivering and the engagement levels in the platform. So you, what we tend to do is send communications at different times and different days so we can really isolate the engagement to see which of our communications has resonated with the audience and has actually um, resulted and increased engagement. You're also able to look at the length of time people have spent and also time of day. So what something else that we look at is um, the day that people engage in the platform organically and the time of day as well, because we've got um, a really varied business. We have people that work different shifts. They do lots of different types of roles and we can then tailor our communications to be sent at a time and day that is going to be the most powerful for them and that is going to give them the most time to access a piece of content or learning rather than it being you always send their stuff on a Tuesday morning you can vary it for the different audiences um, which is really really good and the other area of data that we use quite a lot is to actually inform our content. So um, we when we first um, implemented a, a new platform, uh, it had lots of different learning content on it and we were just regularly going in looking at what was trending organically within the business. And we noticed that there was a course that all of a sudden over three or four days had, um, had like I think it was about 150 people that just accessed this course through we hadn't done any promotion of it so really quickly we picked that up and we recommended that out across the organization and still today I think it's 18 months on it's still the most watched course on that platform and it was because we were able to use the data react really quickly to what was happening and it was obviously resonating with lots of people um, and people really liked that we were able to do that and they engage with that content um, and yeah and it was really really successful. I think one of the challenges I regularly hear and I've come across in my career as well is is what is good engagement because people get really wrapped up in you know you have to have 100% or you know what so if someone's thinking about that and thinking about how they make a pragmatic and practical view of driving engagement rather than setting themselves some unattainable target yeah what advice would you have for them in terms of thinking about what good engagement is and and how to you know how to think about increasing engagement rather than just go okay we've got to have 100 percent of people yeah. or whatever definitely i think um uh, don't ever set yourself 100 <laughs> percent. you're just setting yourself up for fail it's the first thing that i'd say um but the most important thing to do, um, in my opinion, is to to set a benchmark of where you are now. So have a look uh, at gathering data as to what's happening right now in the business without you sending the communications or des designing marketing strategies. And that's where you have your baseline level of understanding what's going on, what your current engagement levels are. And from there, once you're trialing and testing all these different techniques, you can see if the engagement levels have increased. And I, I wouldn't say you set yourself a really, really high target, but it's all relevant to where you are now. And, um, you know, it might be that uh, one of the senior leaders or something within your learning department has said, OK, we do want a 70 percent participation rate or attendance rate in, at a certain event. But in general, I would say that um, you look at where you are now and anything that increases that engagement level is a positive and that's what you need to aim for. 
And how do you correlate engagement with sort of output and impact in the business and performance? How do you use data in that sort of wider way rather than people just engaging with the learning themselves? Yeah, so when we have our, um, for instance, we design uh, and curate a set of uh, learning pathways for the business and we set ourselves um, a target for engagement in those pathways. But the reason that we set ourselves a target for engagement is because we're designing and delivering these um, learning paths for people based on a business need. So the business has come to us with a problem. We've gone through the performance consulting. We've got the data to begin with to say why is this an issue in the business and how the, the learning intervention can support with this? We've designed the learning. Um, but as I, I mentioned at the beginning, if people don't engage with it at all, it's not going to have any impact. It's not going to um, change any of the behaviours. So the reason that we, um, we utilise engagement as um, a metric is to ensure that people are accessing the content that's been designed for them to create the business business impact at the end. Um, so that's the reason that we we push and um, and ask for engagement. And what we really do with the business is get them to be accountable for that as well as well as working with myself and the team we say to them you know we are spending our time designing this um this course this program for you and your team to to help solve this this problem that we've identified or this behavior change that needs to happen you need to drive the engagement as much as we do and work with us on that um because as we said it won't deliver the impact if five percent of your employees engage with it like what's the point what's the point in us spending all of this time making this curating it um for you yeah i, I think that's really interesting that's sort of a dual owned responsibility it can't yeah. just come from the learning team it's got to be about that partnership with the business as well Definitely. and I, I think one of the things that i'm sure our listeners will be thinking about is a lot of them won't necessarily have a you know an engagement or a culture role within their learning function yeah so how does your role fit in with the rest of the function? So what are the other roles? How do they work together? What are the other specialist function, you know, specialist type roles in your team? Yeah, that's um, a great question. So um, we have um, a people development function of around 45 employees um, that work on a range of different projects and programmes um, and events. And um, what happens is we have a, a bit of a squad, a team that gets together um, and I am a kind of a real key part of that from the beginning so that when we're designing our projects and programs um, we're thinking about engaging employees right from the beginning how is this going to happen and it's not this kind of afterthought oh we've designed something oh Emily come here quick uh, how can you just comms this out to the right people it's really um, important that I'm involved from the beginning to understand the context and I can help guide and shape um, the programme from the engagement point of view as well, working in the different touch points and working with the team. Um, some of the different roles that we have within our um, our function to make these programmes happen are we have um, learning curators, which is where I started in our L&D team. Um, and they curate, not create learning. Um, and they do this from a range of sources, places like LinkedIn, um, learning, future learn, TED Talks, YouTube. There might be some things within the business that we already own. They curate learning, especially digital experiences for people. Um, we have a learning design lead um, that looks at the latest pedagogical methods, um, looks at external um, behaviours, brings that back into our organisation and helps shape the programme based on that. 
Um, we have innovative learning leads are looking at the latest technologies such as artificial intelligence, virtual reality, 360, chatbots, um, and how we can utilize this technology um, in the right way to improve our learning interventions. Not all the time, if, um, if it's actually going to create more impact, we utilize that technology and, and trial and test it out. Um, we have learning partners within our um, within our team that sit within each of our business function areas and they're really key in terms of getting all of the information and context from the business and bringing um, the, the kind of business problems, challenges, context back into our team so that we then can work with the business to design um, impactful and, and, and correct learning interventions that are going to to solve the business problems and really have that stakeholder management um, and relationships. We have um, learning sourcing managers that work with all our external partners. So as I said, we curate learning, we don't create it ourselves. So in the instance that we need something more bespoke for a leadership programme, say, we, we work with external companies to design and deliver that. So we have learning sourcing partners that, that look out um, uh, across the external market and bringing the best kind of agencies to work with on that. Um, and then we have, uh, the, uh, there's many more roles. We have um, a range of different project managers, programme managers, that keep an eye on all the projects and programs that we're doing and we have a learning experience manager as well that looks after um, a lot of our learning events designing those for people uh, lots of looking after the technology side of it um, so we have a real range a diverse range of different expertise and skills within our department that all gets brought to, together to input to console and then deliver something that has all of those elements together to provide the best programs, courses, um, platform implementations. Um, and just uh, for reference, we um, implemented a platform in 2020 and we actually won gold at the Learning Technologies Awards for the way that our collective team worked together in implementing that program, using partly using the marketing um, and communication techniques that we've talked about, but also the way that we were set up and the way that we were able to collaborate and work together to deliver something at pace across our business in kind of a 10 day period. So it is um, a true collaboration and I'm very lucky to work with some amazing talented people. Yeah, I, th I think, you know, it's, it's it's really interesting to hear about that sort of mature built out team with lots of sub functionalities. And, you know, again, there'll be larger teams out there that maybe have more traditional structures that will be thinking yeah. and and listening to this and thinking, actually, maybe we could maybe we could segment yeah. or specialise within some of our skills. There will also Definitely. be people out there who are sole teams or very small teams yeah. two or three people who are currently exactly. thinking, got to be a, a, yeah. a one yeah. person band haven't they <laughs> Ab absolutely so what they've just heard is you outlining all of the things they yeah. do in their day job exactly. which is basically their job description but Hats off to them is what i'll say <laughs> absolutely and you're trying to spin all these plates and i think yeah. that's why sometimes when people are looking at what's best practice in learning. There is no one size fits all. It's what's right for your business. And I'm sure across your business, you have multiple different areas that are very different as well with very different solutions. But if someone sat in their context, whatever that might be, larger team, individual role, even an HR person that learning's tagged onto the side of their role, etc. But if, if they've been inspired by you know some of the stuff you've said today and they're thinking about adopting some of those marketing approaches into how they get buy-in and engagement with their learning 
where would you recommend they start? So it's something that I um, I have touched on uh, just previously, but I, I think it's so important to understand where you are now. Um, so gathering data into um, your engagement levels, what communications are sent currently? How does that um, experience look for the employee? What are the touch points so that once you have um, that initial starting place you can then build on that you'll be able to measure the impact of it because you've got those benchmarks you've got your starting point and you've got the data um, the data set and you know what data points you can measure when you're engaging people um, the other area that I would look at is um, depending on the size of your business is building a, a relationship with your communication team so instead of you know a I hear lots of people kind of just they send something to their internal communication team say oh here you go just communicate this please but what you really need to do is build that kind of two-way relationship so you can work together to understand um, you know first of all they they probably have a lot of best practice and understand um, the the company how to engage people um, but you're the kind of content expert and you'll be able to help guide the messaging um, and really building that relationship to understand all the different channels available as well because um, you know you're you're going to be this advocate for learning and development and you need to push that message um, to get the internal communication teams to buy into it and get them on board to um, to help communicate your message as well um, and the other thing I would uh, would do is so I'm guessing uh, because you're listening to this podcast, you probably have got a growth mindset and you probably enjoy learning just as much as I do. So um, I think underneath this podcast, we're going to post some links to articles and different blogs and, and places that I would recommend having a look at for um, upskilling in marketing, getting more information around communication. So just start being curious, start exploring best practice. When you're, um, say, watching TV or you're scrolling through social media or you're receiving emails, if you see something that really um, attracts you, just write down what it was about that, that that you enjoyed. Why did it hook you in and take that knowledge and that best practice back into your role within work and ultimately just really try and have fun with it. It is, uh, it is a lot of fun trialing different techniques, getting involved in different technologies, trying out um, even different colours on an email and being able to use the data to, to see if it's had an impact. It's just really, really exciting. Yeah, I, th I think I love that point about curiosity and thinking yeah. what you've taken from elsewhere, because you know I've had some bizarre conversations in the past in my career of saying, well, you know, would you use this? Would you engage with this? And and the learning team saying now no. And I'm just like, OK, so why would yeah. you expect anyone else to? You've got to get and really understand your audiences, engage with your business, engage with your comms team, think about again, the noise that employees are getting because yeah, get, you're definitely. not the only person who is no. pushing How can out you information. Stand out? <laughs> yeah, you've got to exactly. stand out, but you've also yeah. got to be part of that corporate whole as well. So you've got yes. to know what's going on. You've got to know what's yeah. important to people. You've got to try and get into the sink of your business as well. So it's, it's a real challenge, but lots yes. of great messages to take away from our conversation today. In terms of people thinking about this and wanting to follow on, obviously, as you've said, we'll put lots of reference articles below the podcast. But if people do want to get in touch or follow you, what's the best way of them doing that? 
Yeah, I um, I love connecting with people, so please do. I would love to learn from you as well um, as the audience, because I'm sure you've got lots of things to share that can benefit me. So um, please just uh, connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, I think the details will be below, but it's uh, Emily Howell UK. Fabulous. Thank you, Emily. Thank you very Thank much you, for James. joining us today. I've loved the conversation. Me too. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Learning Reinvented podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. If you've not already done so, please follow our podcast. And if the learning effect can help you and your organisation, please do get in touch. You can find both James and Katie on LinkedIn and our contact details are in the show notes below.